Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to hear your voice. Eh? Good it's, it's... morning. <laughs> I was going to say it's strange to sing with any words. <laughs> anyway, it's lovely. It's Christmas. Joy to the world. Didn't sound like too many people, but it's good, isn't it? I was looking at the Nicholas Wee hat there. I thought that's ideas flicking up there, you know. So that wee bob says, now you're coming. <laughs> I'm going to take her home and sit on the mantelpiece. <laughs> well, welcome to you in Zoom. I appreciate you signing in. It's good to have you with us. It's Christmas and, you know, it's the... Uh, that time the year when preachers think you've got to say something new about Christmas. How would you say something new about something that's 2,000 years old? Well, the problem is, you know, you don't say anything new about Christmas because it's like reading the, the, the kids' bedtime story. You ever read the kids' bedtime story? Which story we like tonight, Dad? And it's the same one every night. Oh, no, no, that one again. So you think, I'll be smart, I'll skip a page. Or I'll miss it a wee line. But you can't. Oh, you missed a bit. <laughs> and people like that with the Christmas story, you didn't miss a bit of the Christmas story. So to be sure we don't, I'm going to read it. And we're reading in Luke chapter 2. It came to pass in those days that there were now a decree from Caesar, Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was made when Cyrenus was the governor of Syria. These are real stories and real places and real people. All went to be taxed everywhere, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house called and lineage of David. He went to be taxed with Mary, his despised wife, who was great with child. And so it was while they were there, the days were accomplished when she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in a field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And though the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were sore afraid, <laughs> not the least bit surprised. Really. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And oh, may may God that refreshing of his work to us. Let's give you a word of prayer. Father, we thank the Lord for this season of the year when we're free to talk freely about Christ, Lord, and men's hearts are open and minds, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that we would not miss, Lord, the real reason for the season. That you turn again our focus to the Christ who was born. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 
during the week there, the Nicola Surgeon in Parliament said it's going to be a very difficult and different Christmas this year. And so it is. For some and for many, our plans are up a shoot. Anne and I are going to have to eat the turkey ourselves. But it'll be easier this year because there's only two legs and there's only two of us. <laughs> no, but Christmas, you know, it's not the first time that Christmas has been under pressure. For the first 300 years, the church didn't celebrate Christmas. The early church was caught up with the resurrection. Jesus is alive. That was the message of the church and that was the thrill. It wasn't until 336 uh, that Constantine brought in Christmas. And it was an ulterior motive, really, you know. He wanted to unite the Roman Empire, unify it, <laughs> make a common market, if you like, to one religion. And he made Christianity the official religion. And he adopted all the pagan feasts around, you know, to the Christian calendar. To reinforce it. The trouble with that was that he opened up the door to the church for the wheat, for the tares, and the goats. Before that, then you had to be born again and baptized to be in the church. But then it became popular. You'd be a Christian, anybody could be a Christian without being born again. And it dissipated the church and its purity. We were later in 1644, Cromwell the, and the Puritan Parliament banned Christmas in England. And there was no Christmas celebration then for 20 years, 22 years. It was banned. But we survived. <laughs> and even today, some of the men of the Reformed Church, because they don't celebrate Christmas because they think it's a pagan feast. Then it not only at the end of the picture came Santa. Santa Claus was a bishop, St. Nicola, a bishop in Turkey in the 4th century. He was a wealthy bishop and he was a philanthropist and he thought, it's a good idea, let's give the kids presents at Christmas. And that had the effect of taking the eyes off the gift of Christ to the present. What's exciting about Christmas? You ask the kid, what are you going to get for Christmas? And it took the focus from the babe in the manger, the birth of the Saviour, to a time of specific. And it brought in today what we call the commercialised Christmas. Took an eyes off the gift of God. I was in Goldie's uh, garden centre that day and I got a wee plaque on the wall that tickled my fancy. And it's, you know, many parents have used the Santa as a brave for good behaviour. If you're no good, you'll no come. And this wee plaque says, Santa's coming. Have you been good? And the wee girl says, Yes. Well, well sometimes. Well, once. <laughs> I'll forget it, I'll buy it myself. <laughs> I thought I was good, I was going to buy and hang it on the wall. 
But I want to tell you this, there's a real, genuine scriptural Christmas. And that's the one just read about you. There's a born to you this day a saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And some of the carols, you know, they, they beautifully tell the story, the ones that you've been singing, they all, they all honour the Lord, not the baby. I've got grandchildren, you know, and they're now adults. And if they had a birthday party, they must, they'd shrink in horror <laughs> if I brought out their baby photos. <laughs> we celebrate the birth of Jesus today because he's alive. Other religions celebrate the death of the anniversary of their patrons. But we celebrate Jesus' birthday because he's a living saviour and he's alive today. One of the cars I like best, I've got a wee PowerPoint this morning. There we are. Who is he in yonder stall? Who is he in yonder stall? Tis the Lord, the King of Glory. Right. So I'm going to do this with PowerPoint so that those in Zoom can have some better to look at than me. I hate these Zoom things. When I look at it, you know, I say I better resign. <laughs> I mean, all these years I've just had auntie tell me how bad it was. <laughs> But when you look at yourself, you're like, oh, goodness me, help. <laughs> well, man, I'll just take courage, because the Lord says, no weakness as strength is make. I want you to take your carol. Who has seen you understood? And when you think of the picture, there's a baby. You know what the 20, the, the, this year's Christmas story is? Mary and Joseph had to go to this table, because there's no Zoom in the end. I didn't know anything else when he had it. <laughs> but there's a baby in the crib. And the question is, who is he? Who is he? And you understand. And I'm going to go through a few testimonies and tests in the Bible that tells us. And the first ones were the wise men. The 12 days of Christmas is called the Epiphany. And the Epiphany means the revelation of Jesus to the Gentiles. And even three wise men, or three kings, who came from afar, men who were prophets, but it says they were worshippers of God, they came to worship him. And they were men alert to their times. And it's the first move of God from the Jews to the Gentiles. They revealed to him then that he had was the king. So they came and they came to worship and said, where is he? That is born the king of the Jews. Born to be king. The second, the witness to come to take the baby. Who is he? And you understand. This baby they take to the temple to dedicate to the Lord. And Simeon and Anna, the two old prophets, Simeon and the old man of God, Ben, a man who God said to him, listen, <laughs> you'll not die till you've seen the salvation of the Lord. I don't know how old he was, but he was older than me. So that's old enough, isn't it? And they brought the baby into the temple. And immediately he saw him, he says, Lord, you can take me home now. For behold, mine eyes have seen your salvation, 
Anana, this old prayer warrior. She's been a widow for many, many years and spent all her days in the temple seeking the Lord, the mind of the Lord. And when she saw the babe, she said, Lord, behold the redemption of Israel. So they immediately saw in Jesus the babe, the salvation of God and the redemption of Israel. Who do we follow it all in it? We come to John the Baptist. When that's John the Baptist, who is he? He was another man who did inspiration of God. Now when you get these inspirations of God and these intuitions and these wee thoughts that go into your head, don't dismiss them. God says to John the him whom you see the dove ascending, that's the one. That's the one. When John the Baptist sees Jesus come, he says, Behold, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Jesus was born to be sacrificed. He was born to be the spotless lamb. All the Old Testament sacrifices led up and spoke to of the coming Christ, who would take your place, who would atone for your sin by taking your sin on him and putting on you his righteousness. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Then we come to Andrew. Andrew spends an afternoon with Jesus. Andrew's one of John's disciples. And John has said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the next day, Jesus passes through, yes. And Andrew and another follow them. They said, Well, you, where do you live? And they said, Come and see. And they spend the afternoon. And Andrew gets so excited. <laughs> he goes away and fetches his brother Peter. Peter, Peter, we found him. We found the Messiah. The Advent has come. Advent means the excitement of something coming. We found him. He's come. The Messiah is here. I thought that wonderful thing when, when the angels come to the shepherds. They say, I bring you good news, joyful news to all people. But unto you this day is born a saviour. <laughs> then the sisters, who is the Messiah. He doesn't say who is born a saviour, who will become the Messiah. <laughs> the Messiah, the promised one, has come to seek and to save the lost. And then we have the endorsement of the Father from say, who is he in your understanding? The Father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Twice, God says that. First time at the beginning of his ministry. Now, Jesus lived 33 years. And only 10% of his life was ministry. 90% was living as you live. 90% was living a victorious life. And in everyday circumstance, in everyday situations, in everyday workplaces, and all sorts of family problems. The Bible says he was tempted to dissolve things as you were tempted, yet without sin. He lived for 30 years pure and without sin, that he might be the spotless lamb of God. He could say to his fellow villagers, which of you? Think any sin in me. Which of you convinces me of sin? 
and there was none to point the finger. So Father was able to say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The victorious one. He's overcome the devil. He's overcome the flesh. He's overcome the world and remained pure as spotless. The successful second Adam. Jesus prevailed with Adam failed. Adam brought us death. Jesus brings us life. And the second time he says it was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Through the years of his ministry, God could say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. And Peter and James and John beheld his glory <laughs> as his glory shone through his earthly body. Right on the Messiah. This is my son whom I have well pleased. And then Jesus himself declares who he is. He says, the, I am. Now that's the name of God himself. I am. When Moses says, who shall say Sammy? God said, tell them I am. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus who was and is and is to come. The I am. He's the I am today. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that delivers you. I am the Lord. Jesus, the mighty one. Born this day the Son. And he said to him, says, disciples, who do men say I am? Some say you're a prophet. A teacher, Elias, John the Baptist come back from the dead. Who do you say I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ. You are the Christ. Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father. And when we look at the baby in the stall. I'm saying, who is he? We need that revelation of the Spirit. Quickness. You can't come unto the Father except I draw you. <laughs> but he does draw you. He does draw you. He invites everyone. He says, come unto me. Come to me. I will give you rest. Who is he in your stall? What does this babe mean to you today? This is the famous babe in the manger. You know the trouble with people who want to come and go to church at Christmas time is that they grew up with the idea that gentle Jesus, meek and mild, and miss the glory, holy achieved in all my years. Who is he to you this morning? The babe in the story of the gift of God. This is the real gift of Christmas. Not when you're going to get in your stocking. 
not the most popular toy this year. But behold, unto you this day is born a Saviour. We'll save and deliver and give you life. Trust your find this morning. Trust you'll receive the gift God gave his only son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My favourite verse is John 1 and 12. To as many as receive him, he gives the power, the authority, the right, legal in heaven, to be a child of God. Whereby I have the spirit of adoption. Where I can say, Father, Abba. That's a wonderful thing in the spirit of adoption. God has adopted you. Chose you. Picked you. Because you didn't choose me. I choose you. So come. <laughs> Receive the gift of Christmas. And make it a time of joy and rejoicing and of good news. Amen.